The following audio brought to you by TSF Entertainment Podcast may contain graphic descriptions of violence and or audio clips of violence or sexual explicit events. Listener's discretion is advised. What's good, everyone? This is your boy Retro CG, and I'm joined tonight by my co-host, Miss Really BTV. Hey, welcome to the TSF Entertainment Podcast. So tonight is True Crown Fridays, and you know we're sorry we missed out on last Friday, but you know work-life balance. Yeah, we didn't have a chance to get out here last week to talk to you guys about a true true crime case. But we're going to make up for it tonight. So this case is going to be a little bit different than what we normally cover in our true crime segments. Um, it's a fairly new case and um, a rather disturbing one. We knew that we had to cover this case. So, uh, CP, you want to give us a little backstory on the case? So, thank you, Dina. Dina's here to support. Um, so yeah, so. Like um, Retro said, Lauren um, Smithfields is a new, fairly new case. Um, she came up. Her hey, Dina, podcast. welcome to the uh, podcast. Thank you for supporting. Yeah, um, in December. So just a little bit of background um, information. Lauren Smithfields, she was born in Bridgeport, Bridgeport, Connecticut um, in January of 1998. Um, Bridgeport is the largest city in Connecticut. Um she um you know grew up you know normal nothing nothing out of there she graduated from high school she ran track she was going to community college for cosmetology but she also had aspirations to be a physical therapist and she liked to travel and she was just kind of living living her life and got on a dating website called bumble which i actually am on bumble i think i might I hadn't heard of bumble either <laughs> you said what I hadn't heard of Bumble either. No, I said I'm on Bumble. I have a Bumble profile. Like I've, oh, I've wow. used okay. Yeah, no, and I'm saying, like, to me. Huh? I said, yeah, that was a new one to me. I hadn't heard of Bumble before. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and she met somebody on Bumble. They, he's only been described up, as far as I knew. And you may have more information because, again, this is a new case. This is ongoing. So some of this information, it changes daily. But the last I have is that he basically has just been described as an older white man. Um, I do not believe that the police have even released his name as of yet. You know, retro CG on the case got all those details. Okay, well, like, I, and that's why I said like we we both did our own research because again, this is such a new case and everything is just changing. It is, but like he said, this case is so it's one it's fresh is very it's fresh. fresh but one is important because you know this is part of the reason why we like to do the true crime we like to highlight um cases um that are people of color 
And this is again one of those. This is one of those cases where they wanted to sweep this under. The, they wanted to sweep this under the rug. And yeah. so I think it's starting to get a lot of momentum now. And it's definitely starting to get some media. I know, like you said, Roland Martin was talking about it. D.L. Hughley was talking about it. I've seen Cardi you know, B. YouTube videos and stuff like that. But had it not been for her family, and we see this over and over and over again, had the, the, these families, if they don't advocate for themselves, these stories get swept, get swept away. And so that's a little bit of the background. I don't want to get too far ahead and get deep into the story but that was sort of the background did you have anything else you want to add or did you find any more information about the background that we that you feel like we might need to add to it well just a few things um for us it's very important for us to showcase uh on persons of color um they don't get the spotlight or the re recognition that uh these cases deserve unlike other cases that are uh, mainstream media and publicly um talked about it's very frustrating to see how people of color is treated um in missing person cases uh suspicious deaths murders and homicides and things like that so for mm -hmm. us it's important for us to uh showcase and support the fam family that are uh desperately trying to uh seek justice for uh these incidents that are happening um the timeline is really confusing um i know a lot of this is uh being newly released um so we're going to try to do the best we can to outline the facts as we know them now um particularly uh it seems as though uh uh lauren had a profile on bumble and um she met uh this gentleman his name is matthew uh, lafountain um he's a 37 year old uh, design engineer and apparently they must have uh, met over the course of three days prior to the night of her death uh, when she uh, decided to meet with this gentleman. Um, and let's just be very clear and put our disclaimer out there that Mr. LaFountain is presumed innocent until proven guilty. At this point, he's not even considered a person of interest. He's not a suspect. He hasn't given a statement. And he hasn't even been investigated by law enforcement. So I'll just let you just ponder that for a moment. Okay. All right. So, um, Stacey B, so happy you all bringing this to the forefront. Thank you, Stacey, for the support. We appreciate that. Um, so it's the night of December the 12th, 2021. Uh, so fairly new, right before Christmas. Right. And like, that's not even... Right, a little over a month ago. That's the saddest part about it is, is this happened right before uh, Christmas. And right before her birthday. Her birthday is December the 28th. So mm -mm. I thought it was January the 23rd. Did I say, hold on. I said, you know what? You're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I had the wrong date. January 23rd. She just, her birthday just passed. I'm sorry. What, Sunday? This past Sunday? Yeah, the day's the 28th. So yeah, I guess earlier the week, yeah. So, uh, first off, our condolences to the family. Um, so, she died on December the 12th, um, and we finally have gotten the results of the autopsy. Um, according to the autopsy, she passed away from acute intoxication due to a combined effects of fentanyl, promethazine, hydroxine, and alcohol. Her death was ruled accidental, okay? 
by the medical um, examiner's office. Uh, so fentanyl is a powerful opioid and promethazine and hydroxine or antihistamines that are commonly used to treat allergies or uh, cold-like symptoms. Um, the, this, this, is, this is where things get really crazy and this is where things really get um, just bizarre and, you know, uh, kind of like infuriating at this point because it was almost 48 hours before her family even knew that she was dead. And, and the police never notified her family. Didn't even notify her family. They left a note on her door with a telephone number saying that if anyone showed up looking for Lauren, call this number. So And the number was to, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but the number was to the super for her building. It wasn't even to the police. Correct. Right. I've never heard of that before. I've never heard of the police not notifying next of kin. I've never heard of that before. If you're looking for Lauren, call this number. Uh, so once they were able to uh, speak with a detective, her brother later accounts that the detective uh, commented to the fact that they didn't feel the need to reach out to the family because they had her passport and ID and they knew who she was. That's, oh God. Yeah. Uh, come on, Bridgeport. I mean, y'all got to do a better job at this. So let's get into the night of her death. Uh, it's unclear whether or not they actually went out on a date. If they had been out on a date, at some point in the evening, they arrived back at her apartment. Right. Um, and they spent time together in her apartment, drinking tequila and hanging out. Uh, Mr. LaFountain reported that uh, Lauren had gotten sick um, in the course of the evening and went to the bathroom and threw up. And then she came back out of the bathroom and continued to drink. So apparently they started out drinking shots of tequila first. And apparently she must have gotten sick off of the tequila and threw up. And then she wants to come back and continue to drink. I don't know about you, but those rare occasions that I have thrown up, I don't want to drink no more. <laughs> you know, I don't want to eat no more. But according to Matthew, they continue to drink and eat and watch movies and chill. Okay, right. So around 11.50 p.m. that night, her brother uh, called or text and let to let her know that he was outside. Apparently, she must have had some things, some laundry or something. I, I've got different accounts. Uh, and I've read and heard different accounts on what it was. According to Mr. LaFountain, uh, she went outside to receive items from her brother. Right. But according to the brother's uh, account of the situation, she was bringing him laundry or some items out. So in other words, LaFountain would have seen what she took outside. Um, according to the brother, there was no indication that she was in any type of distress, duress, that she was drunk. She was normal. Uh, she was bubbly. She had a good personality. He even watched her go back into the apartment. It was odd that she didn't mention, uh, you know, and I guess there's nothing unusual about it. She didn't mention to her brother that she was on a date or that she had anyone inside. So the brother didn't have any indication that, you know, anything was wrong or if there was anyone else with her at night. Um, they must have chatted for about five or ten minutes and she went back inside. According to Matthew LaFountain, she went back inside, went to the bathroom, 
stayed for 10, 15 minutes, which was alarming to him. But because he had just met her, he didn't feel like it was his place to address why she was in the bathroom for 15 minutes. She may have had an upset stomach. Uh, she may have went back in to throw up. According to him, she had already been in there earlier to throw up. So, I mean, if she went back to the bathroom again, what was so unusual about the fact that she was in the bathroom? Um, they then proceed to just hang out, watch movies until she fell asleep. At which time she fell asleep on that couch. And according to Mr. Fountain, he took her and placed her in her bed. And then laid down with her, fully clothed, and they fell asleep. He then wakes up around 3.30 a.m. Um, to use the bathroom, and she was snoring. Hmm. And then around 6.30 in the morning, he wakes up only to notice that she was on her side, bleeding from the nose, and unresponsive, and at which time he called 911. And that's where things start to get murky at that point, because we don't know whether or not he stayed until the authorities arrived. Uh, apparently, uh, the police immediately moved to the idea that he's a nice man because he called and reported right. her. Right. Dead. The police said they didn't have any reason to suspect him because he seemed like a nice guy. He's a nice man. Ted Bundy was a nice guy, too, but he was a serial killer. What's up, D. Jackson? <laughs> I mean, uh, what, what are you feeling at this point? Because I'm feeling this is a little suspicious right here, right? Okay, so the police do not take him down town for questioning. They do not consider him a person of interest. They don't collect any evidence from him, such as his cell phone her cell phone, or anything. The only thing that they decide to take from the scene is uh, I've seen different reports that she had $1,000, then she had $1,300, and then according to some reports, Mr. LaFay actually came over to give her $40 to get her nails done. Um, there's also been um, accounts that she had a, a, a hair business where she sold wigs or weaves um, as well. And um, she she was pretty much uh, a very uh, beautiful girl. She was also uh, a good. Uh, they were her family reports her as uh, a nice young lady. You know, she wasn't into drugs. She wasn't into right. heavy alcohol or anything like that. I mean, but she's twenty three. So I mean, if she was experiencing or experimenting with drugs or alcohol, it was unbeknownst to the family. They didn't see, uh, you know, any signs that she was using or um, uh, any change in her behavior to indicate that she was on any type of pills or drugs or heavy alcohol. Right. Um, I have a major issue with this. I have a major issue with this because had that been the opposite, and I really don't like to bring race into these type of situations, we let the facts and the evidence speaks for itself, but color plays a, a factor in this. It, so, listen, if that had been you on a date, and with a white girl. whether you called the police or not, hell, it could have been a black girl. The police show up. You could be as nice as you want to be, but I bet you you're still going down for some questioning. Yep. I bet you they still want to check your cell phone and check out your story. They're going to probably pull your Bumble profile. Like All of that is going to be investigated before they rule you out. They may still end up ruling you out 
But they're not. That's not gonna be their first. Their first reaction. Oh well, he seemed like a really nice guy. Are you serious right now? And how do you draw that conclusion? How do you draw that conclusion? Right. There is just. There's just. First of all, we're unclear of the nature of their relationship. Had they known each other longer than three days? Had they um, been out with each other prior to that night? It just seems odd to me that a 23 year old. A black female that's living by herself would allow this strange man into her place. When you invite someone over to your place, that's almost a sign of comfort, a sign of intimacy that I feel comfortable enough around you to be alone with you in my home, not yours, not a hotel, but in my home. And the fact that this is your first meeting or first encounter that she would feel comfortable enough to actually fall asleep around you. And to me, that speaks to that they have had to have at least extensive conversations back and forth with each other. Maybe the conversations might've made her feel comfortable. Cause I mean, we still have to remember that she's young. We don't always make the best decisions. That's true. We've seen that in other cases. Right. If I'm gonna be candid, I probably made some bad decisions that thank but for the grace of God, you know, it didn't it didn't go left. But you're right. It you still would feel like that they've had some sort of conversation where she feels comfortable enough to fall asleep, you know, while he was there. So there have been reports um from his neighbor who has came forward, who is important to note that she's a white woman that has came forward and said that he has extensive ties with the uh, police community. Um, it's been very unclear as to uh, who he has association with in the police department. There is speculation that uh, the investigator, the original investigator that showed up and uh, Mr. LaFountain has ties and could have possibly helped him um, uh, preserve or not preserve, but to alter or uh, modify the uh, scene to make him look less incriminating and the fact that he was uh, let go without questioning without uh, getting a formal statement at best even if he wasn't listed as a person of interest at best he should have been taken down to give a formal statement of what right. happened that night absolutely, so it's, absolutely. On record, so it's on record and we have the facts uh, according to him because he's the only one that's alive now so he can't, she can't tell her part of the story right. but the fact that they would let him go and it took the family uh calling down to the police department uh and trying to get some support from the police department which they were told to stop calling right the fam they told the family to stop calling like again and you know one of the things that I read, exactly. they were saying how they want they you know, like the fact that he did call the police might, you know, but my thing is if he was connected to the police, then he wouldn't have had any fear of calling the police. Listen, the power of white privilege goes so far in this world. The power of white privilege goes so far in this world because it'll take you yeah. places that we can never go. Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. They keep saying he has money, but when he went to the house, it didn't look like it well but my whole thing about that is had it not been for the family and the attorney uh filing a claim to file a lawsuit 
uh, for negligence. First of all, the family has reported that the police department, the Bridgeport uh, Police Department, were very rude, very yeah. insensitive, and very uncaring, and and didn't even want to launch an investigation. How? A 23-year-old dies and there's no obvious signs of trauma. That should automatically be investigated. It, it, it shouldn't even been to a point that they didn't want to investigate it. How how are they going to identify how she, she died if it wasn't investigated? And the fact that this was you were the last person, that's just like right now, if you and I were together and one of us dropped dead there will be questions for the remaining person yeah absolutely especially when it was what like a, because here's the question you have to and again this goes back to the police not doing any type of thorough investigation with that i mean i know that with it seems like they would have checked her medicine cabinet it seems like they would have looked for evidence of drugs or some sort of drug use in her apartment um, they said that she had lived in that. It was a small apartment. It wasn't like elaborate or anything, but she had lived there for over a year. Was she having trouble paying her rent? Was she behind on her bills? Like, you know, did anybody else complain or talk about maybe her having some, uh, some possible relations, you know what I mean? To, um, um, I mean, um, some possible problems with school. We know that she was in school. Was she failing her classes? Like anything that you would say is normal of someone who has a drug problem, you know, did they do any type of investigation like that to try and eliminate those things? You know what I'm saying? Like, those are the questions that, and that's the kind of stuff that the police should have done. Absolutely. They do. And the, you know the other thing that that it's always a frustrating it's like a reoccurring theme it is. is the police not wanting to listen to the family always thinking the worst oh well she was just a drug addict but if the family is telling you that they, they never always want to victim blame they always want a victim blame right. they want to pass the victim like they're the worst person in society and what's happened to them is deserving of what's happened to them right no no you know, person. when a young black girl it goes missing, oh, she must be a runaway. No, if, if the family is telling you that she isn't a runaway, if the family is saying she would never have done this, this isn't her normal behavior, then again, why are we disregarding the family? You know, the police do not want to do the work because they do not want him to look guilty, but they wanted her to look bad. But again, yeah, but again, the fact that now Agreed. we're finding out that he possibly has connections to the police department that sort of makes the connection for me racism does go deep and there's all different types of forms of racism colorism comes to mind because at this point we don't want to spend taxpayers dollars on investigating the case that we feel is open and shut nothing about this is open and shut because a person who dies under suspicious, even if it was natural causes, we would need to investigate to determine that. And the fact that they saw fit to take certain items away from the house and leave the most important items behind that contain DNA, and they didn't feel like taking that, which brings me to my next point. When the family did get, what, two weeks later? Two weeks later. Two weeks later, when the family gets access to her apartment, they go in and they find a mountain worth of evidence that should have been collected and processed by a crime scene uh, unit and taken to the state lab for um, 
or at the very least, they should have done some DNA profiles. They found a used condom with semen in the trash can, in the bathroom, a pill on the counter, the only one drug. But she's got all these other drugs in her system. Where did she get them? How did she, how did she ingest them? Where were they found at? Okay, the alcohol. Okay, does she normally drink tequila? Does she normally have alcohol in the house? Who brought the alcohol? Did he bring it with them? Did they pick it up along the date? All these things should have been investigated to determine how did she get the alcohol in her system? Where did the promethazine come from? Where did the fentanyl come from? You know, and guess what? Let's just be honest. This is a cocktail of DR. These are date rape drugs. Right. These are drugs that are commonly used for right. date rape. Right. And I feel like a person who's using a, a cocktail like this, I, I don't feel like anyone would take this combination of pills and drink alcohol with it. I mean, that, that's just, that's suicide. And so the fact that her death is ruled accidental, probable homicide at best. And now yeah. let's investigate there and prove that it was accidental and not homicide. Or does she have any open prescriptions for any of these medications? Does any of her family members have uh, uh, any open prescriptions um, for this medication? How does a 23-year-old come about getting these? I mean, I know you can buy them off the street or whatever the case may be. But, I mean, if you're going to paint this narrative that it's an accidental death, prove how she got the, the, the drugs in the first place. Right. And when you go back to the, the evidence of even the, the used condom, you know, they were both adults. If they had sex, they had sex. But when he talked to the police, why wouldn't he have said that? Like, now it makes sense why you spent the night. Like, if y'all had sex, y'all had sex. Y'all were grown, you know. But the fact that whenever somebody leaves out certain things, it just makes you wonder. You know, um, Dina said a college in college, a Caucasian woman took her life and they investigated it for months before they ruled it a suicide. And she left a note. Exactly. Like, it... It seems to me like something like that, at the very least, there's just some cloudy circumstances and you would think the police would want to at least tighten it up just to rule everything out. You know, um, when the first, the first, cause the first autopsy they did, cause after the, the family had to pressure them, but they finally did do an autopsy, but they came back as, um, didn't it come back as that she OD'd or was the accidental yeah. overdose? And then the something? family had a secondary autopsy performed. Right, the family had to pay for their at own their costs. At their cost, of course. Right. To determine, you know, uh, she, it's death by toxicity. And anytime there's death by toxicity, there's usually uh, a very prolonged investigation into how that toxicity occurred. Because we all know that there's a certain level of drugs and there's a certain amount of drugs that's going to cause uh, cardiac arrest, organ failure, or intimate death. So, you know, she don't take one dose of this medication and die from it. So how high was the dosage? How high was her toxicity level with these drugs in her system that led to death? Um, there's also been different accounts about the placement of the blood. Uh, so there have been some accounts where I've saw where the blood was at uh, a lower part on the sheets rather than um, up at the pillow area where 
a person would normally lay and rest and bleed. Mm -hmm. So it's alluded to the fact that it could possibly have been in the lower area of the bed that the blood was found. But how does anyone come in and view this scene and not secure the bloody sheets for evidence, not take the pills, not notice the condom and here bumble has reached out to the family to offer their support and condolences and has even contacted the bridgeport police department to offer the records and the, the police department has yet to take them up on that offer the police That's department crazy. hasn't even brought this guy down for questioning you got That's the part that like at the end of the day if they pulled him in for questioning and after talking to him felt like Okay, we don't think anything here. That'd be one thing. But the fact that you you let him leave, he called the police. He woke up next to a woman who had passed away during the night that he was dating, or that's a loose word, dating, because I think they'd only been on the one date. And there's no further investigation. There's no deeper conversation. It's just a Exactly. He wants at, at this point, it's date rape because... Uh, obviously, and, and here it, 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 it automatically brings suspicious into the fact that she left him at several points in that night alone with her drink. When she went to the bathroom allegedly to throw up, her drink was left alone. Could have been spiked in. Could have came. He could have arrived with the alcohol already spiked. Or when she went downstairs to talk to the brother, Mm-hmm. Could have been spiked in, or if what he says is true, when she came back in and went to the bathroom and stayed fifteen minutes, you know, if you, if, for me, if we were on a date, and I saw that this is the second time tonight that you've gotten sick, I would say, you know what, you're not feeling well. You know, I'm going to go ahead on home. You know, we'll link up some other time when you're feeling better. Why would I hang around and you're sick and throwing up your guts? Not really the tone for an intimate evening. You know, right. we're just going to sit there and continue to watch movies and hang out and play games and all these right. things that he said. And let's just be honest. What does a 23 year old and a 37 year old have in common? Yeah, but again, I mean, people do it all the time. Like, I'm not. That's not. I don't think that's a red flag. People do it all the time. I, I, I say that to say that they're from two different worlds. And no, I agree. No, I agree with you, but I'm I, I guess I'm looking at stuff that would be a red flag, and I just feel like to me that's not necessarily a red flag. I think he wanted sex too. I, I think I mean well, I, I mean he made very well, and they met on a dating app, and it's 11 30, 12 o'clock at night. We know what he came there for. Now she may have had other intentions, she may have earnestly thought that she was making a new friend or whatever the case may be, but she typically first dates. First dates don't occur in your home. First dates occur in a public place where you feel where you want to feel this they person. They definitely out. shouldn't. They they, they you're right. They shouldn't. Where you where you like need to said, feel this person decisions, out and feel shouldn't. like okay, I feel comfortable enough to invite you to my home. I, I'm a single female. I live by myself. I don't think it's the best idea for me to bring a strange man home that I little, know little to nothing about and. Now he shows up at my house in the middle of the night with alcohol and I'm sick. You know, for for me, I don't even think that she should have felt comfortable with pro proceeding for the rest of the night. I'll be like, yo, I don't feel good. You know, maybe you should come back another time. It just it just absolutely feels like this is murder that's being covered up. 
Oh, let me be clear. I well, agree with you know all what? of Let's that. not even say murder. Let's not even say murder. That's a stretch. Innocent until proven guilty, unless you are black. But there's definitely a lot of red flags. Again, I I want I I, I want everybody to understand that I agree that there's some foul play here. I agree that there's some Let's red flags. Let's just say flags. manslaughter at best. Maybe but he didn't just, intend for I'm her just, to die. Maybe he intended to drug her enough where he could get some. Well, yeah, I think that might have been it. It was going to yeah, be I a date rape, and maybe we put too much. Maybe we put a little too much of the drugs and alcohol. I mean, tequila is a powerful alcohol as as well. And promethazine, you know, the recommendation on promethazine is for you not to have alcoholic drinks with it. So right. let's just say that there was poor intentions and that, you know, maybe he didn't come there with murder on his mind. Maybe he didn't um, um, premeditate murder, but I definitely felt like he possibly premeditated rape that turned to manslaughter. Yeah, again, I'm not disagreeing with that because again, I feel like I definitely feel like that. But exactly. I just she don't want us to. I just let's don't want. Break it. You know, do I need to go to the store and get you some ginger ale? You need some Imodium AD. You know exactly. Yeah, mm -hmm. but I just don't want us to nitpick everything because some stuff is just being young and dumb. Like again, I I can tell you for a fact that I probably invited people into my home that I shouldn't have when I was her age. You meet people and. I've had first dates at my house. It probably wasn't the best decision in hindsight, but when I'm 22, 23 years old and I had my little apartment, I did it. So I just don't want to nitpick every little thing, but I agree that he, I don't feel like he had good intentions and I do feel like there was some foul play. That's all I'm saying. You know what? That's, that's an important fact or important comment to note wonder what his history with other women on this dating site has been you know and of course well, he's for you know and i don't again i've said this on other podcasts and other cases that we review any anytime there's police involved it's absolutely in your best interest to have a legal representative with you to navigate because absolutely. sometimes being honest can always twist your words into a confession for something that you didn't do so i absolutely advocate for anyone who's being questioned by law enforcement especially as a black individual in this day and time take a lawyer with you so the fact that he's lawyered up right now doesn't necessarily send a red flags to me but at the fact that he has not went down for me if it was me that was involved and i'm such a nice guy i would have offered my assistance to the authorities whether they wanted it or not whether they wanted a statement from me whether they wanted a question i would be front and center trying to Get a resolution to clear my own name and not only that but to support the family in the fact that their daughter their sister is dead and i'm just sitting back you know just trying to um, um absolve myself of any guilt or any wrongdoing so at this point i definitely think that he is uh covering tracks i think that two weeks is way too long to have started an investigation we saw this with the uh cassandra hall case that we covered two weeks is too long for someone to have the opportunity and the means to get rid of any physical uh uh evidence to scrub your phone what you took her cell phone what did you find in the cell phone and i know a lot of this is probably uh redacted because it's an ongoing investigation so they're not going to release so much to the public it, but at the same time they haven't named the suspect either so you know at best, he should be your primary person of interest. They haven't yeah. even they haven't even accepted the fact that this wasn't an overdose, right? 
Yeah, they're they're ruling. I think they've they just started investigating now because of public pressure, and that's why it is important that these stories make the news because that's the only reason why they are even investigating now. And the family doesn't trust the investigation for obvious reasons, and so they've actually they actually want to hire their own uh, private eye, and they they've started a GoFundMe um, to hire their own uh, private eye. Which I'm about to drop the link to the GoFundMe in the chat. If you guys want to donate, you know, again, they're trying to raise $20,000 for a private investigator. Um, so if you want to donate, you can. Uh, the link is going to be in the chat. Uh, just, or if you want to just pass it on to some people who you think may want to. Um, like I said, other people have picked up the story. Roland Martin. I know D.L. Hughley was talking about it. You said who, who else you said? Cardi B. Card yeah, that's right. Cardi B was talking about it. So it's starting to get attention and it's starting to get um, some traction, but you got to keep the pressure on. Yeah, because we got to demand justice for ourselves because as we can see, law enforcement is not going to demand justice for us. Uh, yes, the police are lazy, sloppy. And we see this in a lot of cases that we've covered and a lot of other cases that we want to cover. We see where there is just uh, poor poorly executed investigations on behalf of the victim and we see a lot of victim blaming they try to go dig into a person's past and find any and everything um that they can say to justify a person's death and there is just no justification when a person's life is taken and even and another thing that bothers me about the whole accidental side is you know when a person passes on and their affairs have to be reconciled and their estate has to be settled and life insurance and things like that are involved they're treated much differently when they're self-inflicted uh when they're accidental you know insurance policies don't want to pay out you know mm -hmm. or looked at uh differently because you know they want to blame the victim for their own death and I, that just that just burns me up um i don't believe for a moment that this young lady um uh, in the prime of her life and had such aspirations and goals for herself in life would take her life in such a reckless way uh for uh, a moment of fun with a complete stranger this is not um if she was partying with friends and she was bar hopping and this occurred then you know there could be some room to believe that you know an accidental overdose may have occurred but in the comfort of your own home meeting a stranger for the first time uh something like this shouldn't have happened and you know it needs to be investigated to see what actually happened and i think it starts with uh, this case is very solvable. I think we have all the evidence we need to solve this case. And my my biggest question is, has the DNA been processed? Has the DNA been tested? Do we have a DNA profile? Does it match his profile? At first, you got to get his ass down there to the station to get a DNA sample. Exactly. To compare exactly. We're exactly. far from that happening. We're far from that happening at this point. Exactly. Um, I agree, Tibby. Um, there will be a lot of holes blown into the case if they could actually get him to make a formal statement. Um, there was an, the family did do an autopsy. Um, and I believe that um the their auto hold on i put in my notes the second autopsy um it is said how they're going about this yeah 
The second autopsy um, that the family paid for, it did come back that the, um, there was suspected foul play. But of course, that conflicts with the autopsy that the state did. So, you know, that's that's part of the problem. Um, police and, will do and the I have an issue with a lot of these medical examiners. Because a lot of these cases, just like an Alonzo Brook uh, case, you know, a lot of these medical examiners ain't on the up and up. You know, no. and they don't move the way they need to be moving. No, you know, so a lot don't. of these medical examiners need to be investigated and, you know, there's improprieties in how evidence is handled and how it's processed. And uh, just like in the Cassandra Hall case where the lead detective rode around with the evidence in his car for a whole weekend before it was turned into the crime lab. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, things like this that uh, at best uh, should be brought, up, uh, 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 brought before a grand jury should be brought before an ethics committee and should be investigated for the mishandling of the case itself because now right now you're you're creating a potential defense if this um matthew uh lafowen guy is charged and arrested now we're already giving his defense a way to get out of this because it was two weeks before the evidence was collected because the family found the evidence, it can be easily implied or implicated that that evidence was planted or tainted or disturbed. It wasn't collected by an official police investigator. So now we're, we're giving him an opportunity to be able to avoid prosecution if he is charged. And from where it's going right now, you know, it seems like we're far from making an arrest. I just want to say, and you're you're absolutely correct. Even if they get to that point where they're able to make an arrest, the reality of the situation is the chain of command. The you know, there's so many. If I'm an attorney, there's so many things I can find loopholes with. You know, and that's the sad part because the police didn't do their job in the beginning. Even if they're able to find evidence that this man did something to this hey, young lady, they they may not be able to ever prove it. You know, it's important that we all band together and we keep uh, pushing these type of stories out because we're, we're not going to remain quiet about these things, you know, and the family, you just have to think about what all this family has probably been through, having to go through the holidays, having to go through the new year, having to uh, celebrate her birthday uh, just this past week and not have answers. Wow. And, um, you know, all of the interviews that um, we've seen with the family involved, of course, and rightfully so, they're very angry and they're very upset and they're very hurt. And it just seems like Bridgeport is is uninterested in providing any comfort, any resolution to this family. And in their eyes, they've already come up to the conclusion that it was accidental death, case closed. Nothing else to investigate. And so, you know, it's us the web sleuths and the social media and that's another thing you go out here and you look on these sites and you see all the things that are being said about her yeah i don't know this girl just like we don't know this guy all we know is the facts that as they are, are appear to us and how things happen by his own account he's suspicious he's created his own suspicion so it's not our minds running away from us it's the facts of the case i mean and the fact that you would stay with someone that long that was sick and they had to went to sleep with you on a date. I mean, if that was me, I would be like, yo, this this 
this this is whack <laughs> i'm not finna stick around for this she don't threw up on me twice tonight she don't fell asleep on me what would possess you to lay down in the bed with her that was creepy yeah that was very creepy and the fact that you stay you you stayed with her till 6 30 that morning and you know didn't try to offer her any comfort if she was sick and not feeling well you would think you would try to offer her something to make her feel better or to provide her some type of comfort you know it's 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 an alibi it's an alibi and the fact of the matter is you could have simply just got up and left so the fact that you stayed here this long tells me that you were trying to get rid of any evidence that and you did a sloppy job at that because you left the condom I behind. Heard say, he left a whole lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, I ultimately, like I said, I, I I think that, I mean, if I were to give a theory, and this is my theory, y'all, this is my theory, but if I had to give a theory, I feel like, I agree, I feel like he went there with ill intentions as far as slipping her, you know, something to loosen her up or what have you. And maybe she was taking medicine for a cold and he didn't know about it. Maybe the alcohol, they had too, too much to drink. And when she passed out, either they, I feel like they had sex and then she passed out, but I feel like she was probably out of it. Um, I don't believe for a minute that they slept next to each other with no, with his fully clothed. I feel like they had sex and fell asleep. And when he woke up, she, she was gone. So I have a slightly different uh, theory. Uh, my theory does, uh, because in one of the accounts, they had mentioned that uh, they started out by taking shots. And then when she got sick the first time, and when she came back and they continued to drink, they switched to uh, a chaser. They never did say what the chaser was. But to me, it's much easier to mask the taste of promethazine through alcohol and a chaser than it would be with me taking promethazine and just pouring it in especially if it's well promethazine has a color to it and so if you put it into a clear alcohol it's going to show discoloration so mm -hmm. it would be much easier to mask the promethazine mixed with a chaser and alcohol then it would be just you slipping that in and you know pills can be crushed pills dissolve in liquid or whatever the case may be i mean clearly his intentions were to get her uh to pass out probably have sex with her and for some other creepy weird reason he decided to spend the night with her but for me you know if you was going to rape someone you know do what you do and, and slide on out the door so uh, it's very weird I mean, even with the, even if what he says happened actually happened, it's very weird that he would stick around that long and that amount of time with her when she's unconscious, she's not feeling well, uh, and that you would just stay here with her all night. You know, I guess that's why the police jump to the chase and say, "Oh, he's a nice guy." Well, he's not nice enough to comfort her when she's sick. And well, that's why. But that's why I think they had sex and they just sort of fell asleep. That's why I don't so believe you feel that. Like that she willingly had sex with him. Yeah. I, well, not willingly because because if he slipped her something to lower her inhibitions, then technically no, not willingly. But I think that they had sex with her under the influence. That's what I think. I agree with that. 
I agree. I, I definitely think that the motive was sex with her under the influence. Yeah, I think I, I, I think that's what it was. And then and I don't think you can't get think- give her no money because I mean she had a thousand dollars in her purse or thirteen hundred dollars in her purse or whatever. Forty dollars for nails wasn't going to be appealing to her if she already had her own money and things like right. that. And I, I just you don't drive thirty minutes to meet a complete stranger for a forty dollar exchange and you don't and there's no reciprocation involved for you. So I, I think that there may have been some uh expectations that he may have had that she possibly wasn't necessarily receptive to. You know, he may have maybe try to make a made a pass at her earlier in the night. She probably rebuffed those passes and he probably came up with the idea that okay, plan B, I'm gonna drug her and get it anyway. You know, so I want to ask, can I ask Juliet in the chat, you said, you, you've said a couple of times that he was a referral. Can you clarify what you mean by that? Because, um, I know that they met on Bumble. So you mean like I said, they had, that she knew somebody that knew him and they vouched for him or something. When you say he came as a referral, what do you, what do you, if you don't mind, I just want to get some clarity. Cause again, it's a lot of information and I just want some clarity for myself. Um, what do you mean by that? Yeah, so yeah, you know, Abby, that's one of the things that's out there, and that's again one of the questions you ask. Hey, who who has this man dated in the past? Has there been some foul play? Have there been, you know what I mean? Like that, that's those are the kinds of questions that need to be asked. And that's a good point to bring oh, you up. Say you think a friend knew him. Okay. So she met him on Bumble, but realized that they had a mutual friend. Okay. That happens. Going back to uh Ebony's comment, um, that's actually a good point to raise because in in a lot of cases, I'm not gonna say most, but in a lot of cases, we've heard before where victims are um, ashamed and afraid to come forward when they've been raped or when they've been put in a situation where they're gonna feel like they're gonna be blamed for being raped. Um, you know. Uh, it's a, a similar case. case where she's a young girl, he's an older guy, you know, they're going to automatically look at you as the bad person because you had sex with this man. So, you know, it is curious to know, has there been other victims or has he tried uh, similar attempts or has he went out on other women that may have woke up the next day and felt woozy or, you know, felt indifferent after going out on a date with him? I mean, We'll never know those things because nobody's investigating, nobody's talking right. to anyone. And, and the of- fact that the neighbor came for, and she's so adamant about wanting to get in the public to speak about what she knows about him, tells me that there's something else that's there that makes the neighbor feels like she needs to come forward and speak out publicly about her knowledge of this this gentleman. And part of the problem with those with those that cocktail of drugs that people use. Part of the problem is that you do pass out and you do have memory loss. And yeah. that's why, again, it is so hard. And, you know, you drink, you you think that, oh, I just got drunk. Like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe I drunk that much and I totally blacked out, but not even realizing that you were slipped something. And, it, and it's also important to note that promethazine in itself, I've never took it, taken fentanyl before, but I have had uh, promethazine. I got a bottle of it here right now, as a matter of fact, that has been prescribed to me before for cold symptoms and allergies and things like that. Uh, same thing with codeine. Um, 
it doesn't take long for that medication to kick in, especially depending on the dosage. I mean, if you take a large dose of that, I mean, you're out. I'm not going to say instantly out, but, you know, probably within 20 to 30 minutes, you're going to start feeling drowsy and you're out. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's important to know that at 1150, when her and her brother exchanged the laundry, he he reported that she was fine. She was lucid. Uh, she didn't seem drunk. She didn't seem... Right. And there uh, were no signs of distress or anything like that? So She didn't say, yo, this dude is in my house. Get him out of here. You know what I mean? It was none of that. And he didn't offer up a time as to when she fell asleep. And, he, and that's another thing. If I'm at home and I fall asleep on my couch, okay, I fall asleep on my couch. What what why did he feel the need to have to relocate her from the couch to the bed because he lying that ain't what happened they was in the bed having sex because i mean you could just as easily lay with her and cuddle with her on the couch asleep as to taking her to her bedroom to sleep to me again that's very audacious for a person who's spending their first time in your home to feel audacious enough bold enough to invite themselves to your bedroom that's a very private place in a person's home you know a person doesn't invite strangers to their bedroom and a stranger shouldn't feel comfortable with inviting themselves to your bedroom unless they have malicious intent and i feel like his intent was he was going to get something at night one way or another whether she gave it to him willingly or he was going to have to take it and um he had prepared himself to take it by bringing the drugs with him and assuming that that part of the story that that theory holds up crazy right assuming that that theory holds up that means that he showed up with the drugs which means he showed up exactly it just appeared to me that he was real comfortable coming into her home and lying down with her i agree i just feel like if the police did half of their job half of their job we wouldn't be where we are and i think we would have an answer i mean it won't bring her back but it would definitely be an answer for the family. I agree with that, uh, Marvin. First of all, if you're on drugs and throwing up, I'm definitely going to leave and not touch you in any form. I'd also call authorities. Yeah, that's, that's definitely a turn off. Intoxicated <laughs> and being a fit. I agree. <laughs> uh, possibly. Well, in this case, uh, cause death. Yeah, because uh, let me see. I believe other women will come forward regarding his history. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. Let's and hope that someone else comes forward and speaks out about their interaction with him on dates and things like that. Yeah. Now that his name is out there. and That's and- exactly right, Julia. I was getting ready to bring that up, too, because that's exactly what they were trying to imply when they said she went outside to be with her brother and he didn't know what she went outside for implying that she must have went outside to get drugs from her brother because they had said that they had uh, the brother and her were real close and they had been out earlier that day shopping for christmas and um i don't know they didn't really make it too clear whether or not she took his laundry with her to do his laundry for him or maybe she had picked it up from dry cleaning i don't know they didn't really uh indicate as to why she had his laundry maybe he had came over earlier and done laundry there but I guess it's also weird that he wouldn't have just knocked on the door to come and get it. Mm-hmm. That she would come outside at that time of night. I don't know. Maybe he was on his way somewhere else and was passing through or whatever the case may be. They really didn't make that part very clear. 
And she may not have wanted him to come in because she may not have wanted him to meet the guy. That's true. You know, I mean, I know as somebody who as somebody who had a big brother, Too I, well put together. he ain't coming in to meet because I, I know how my brother going to act. You know what I mean? It could have been something like that. Like, yeah, you know, he don't need to come in the house. I'll meet you outside because, you know, you know, big brothers act stupid sometimes. <laughs> well, Julia, he also stated she had got sick earlier in the evening prior to the brother coming. And then when um, the brother came and they were outside, he claims that she came right back into the apartment and went uh, straight to the bathroom and stayed in there 10 to 15 minutes. And he was alarmed by the amount of time that she spent in the bathroom. She may have been in there freshening up. You know, she was already sick on the stomach or whatever. She may have had uh, a reoccurrence of, of feeling sick or whatever and needed to get herself together before she continued with her date. Uh, the fact that you sat here patiently waiting for her to throw up all over the place and be sick and all this is just <laughs> unbelievable. Exactly, Abby. If this had been a blonde head, blue eyed, he would be under the jail with a 60 minute documentary. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, only thing I can say at this point is we'll just have to keep monitoring the case because, again, it is fairly new. There's still a lot of information we don't know. But what's good is that, again, so many people are starting to talk about the case that hopefully we can get justice for this young lady and, the, for the, and, and some peace for the family. And we're going to continue our pursuit, uh, you know. I um, guess I'll delete my Bumble profile. Yeah, I need you to come up off of there right now. Who's <laughs> 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 out here tonight? I'm going to check on that later on tonight. I need you to come up off of Bumble. I mean, I'm we're just not, saying. We're not going to do that. <laughs> But I'm glad you said something about that because um, I guess we can use this as a PSA. <laughs> uh, ladies out there, you know, we all grown. And that's 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 one of the joys of being grown and gone. You know, we can do life the way we want to. And it's our way. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, you pay the cost to be your own boss. I get that. But ladies, single, married, dating or whatever, please just be careful with the company you keep and these dudes that y'all are going out on dates with and interacting with on social media. We've seen a lot of cases where uh, people have met on dating apps. I mean, if you're going to meet someone on a dating app, I'm not going to say there's nothing wrong with it. There's a lot of people that have met on dating apps and have a uh, very positive and, um, you know, fruitful relationships. But use discretion use a little bit of uh precaution and safety for your own self don't invite a stranger to your home <laughs> right don't, uh, and don't... That's the thing. i would never do those things now but i just know when i was younger i mean i made bad decisions and like i said but for the grace of god you know nothing nothing came out of it but like i said but i know that we make bad decisions when we're young don't 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 invite them to your home Try to meet in a public place and use your buddy system. I mean, you, you females, we were talking about this with the Alonzo Brook case, which I really, really want to revisit that because there's a lot of things I, I, I need to get off my chest about that still. But if you come together as a group, you leave together as a group. Y'all girls, y'all know, y'all homegirls, y'all stick, stick together. At least let somebody know that hey, I, I got this dude that's coming by tonight. You know, he's this. I made him this. This is his number. This is what kind of car he drive. Let somebody know, 
you know, that you plan on meeting someone. I know you, a lot of times we don't want people in our business and we don't want people to know that we're being promiscuous or doing promiscuous things, if that's the case. But, you know, we operate in a different world these days and we live in a different time where you you got to take precautions. Your safety is the most important thing that you need to be invested in. Um, there was another case about that. Uh, there was a very similar case about that, and I think there was another case too where uh, we need to cover this one too. It's very similar to this one where uh, the chick had met this dude on a dating site, and her boyfriend came home and murdered him, and mm. she helped cover up the body. I got to find that case too, but there have been several instances where people have met on dating sites and disappeared under suspicious uh encounters or end up dead i mean i just got to be careful i know when we were um when i was in college we if we were going out on the date we made sure we got the tag number of the guy <laughs> we made sure like i remember you, you come up off a of bubble too right. <laughs> you off a of bubble right now right you know we made sure we got the tag number we passed that information on when we got wherever we were going if we were going to the movies if we were going to dinner whatever you know this is before the days these were before the days of cell phones, but we would, you know, call from a from a payphone and say, you know, we're at the such and such place because you just never know. And God forbid, like I said, God forbid, we need to know where was the last place they were, who did, the, what was the guy's name, what kind of car were they in, and we would get all that information. And like I said, this is when we were in college and we lived in the dorms, and we would make sure before we went on a date with somebody new, we would give all that information to our roommate or to a friend. And, you know, again, you just don't know. And those are the kinds of things that I know for me living by myself that a lot of times people don't know where I am. People don't know I'm, like certain things I'm doing, you know, and we just get out of those those safety habits, you know, as life goes on. Yeah, we definitely got to take care of ourselves. And um, we also have to make sure. And listen, we got a lot of technology. That's why I was just getting ready to say, Ebony, we got a lot of technology. Uh, and, you know, it's not a bad idea to share your location with someone. Yeah, I do have this one stalker that I share my location with. Do you really? Are you sure that's safe that you do that? Probably not. You identify the fact that they're your stalker and you willingly share your location with them? <laughs> whatever <laughs> the craigslist killer I yeah remember. that's yeah, right the I, remember craigslist. Craigslist. I remember that now yep. i remember that story now yes 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 yep you guys have uh come up with some great comments tonight and some great uh points to take note to regarding this case um we just i mean if there's anyone that has any information that can help with the investigation not that the police is interested in but i guess we just gonna have to continue posting on social media and on these websites because the police ain't invest ain't investigating they ain't but trying the family to is so so you know try to try to see can we spread the word and let's try to get some justice for um lauren uh we know that lauren's life was taken away from us far too soon and um, we just need to do our part to bring awareness to it. We may not be able to uh, find all the right answers, but at least, you know, we're doing our part. Right. I share my Uber rides as well. That's a good idea, too. <laughs> I never thought about that, but yeah. 
<laughs> All right, guys. I guess we're signing out. I don't know. Uh, me and the fellows, we might be back in a little bit to talk about power. Uh, we'll definitely be back on Sunday, uh, twelve thirty Eastern, um, to talk about uh, power the book two. Episode, yeah. Um, we'll definitely be back next Friday to do another true crime case. I don't know what's going to be on um, next week's agenda to talk about. I'm sure me and CP will find something that we agree on that we want to talk about. And we may cover some other cases too, but uh, right now it's very important for us, uh, especially being a, a Black-owned channel and group. Um, it's important for us that we bring attention to our own kind um, because we don't get the support in the national media coverage that, you know, everyone else does so you know we want to do our part you know we're a small channel around here we're not a big name but you know we want to spread the word and try to get justice for everyone who deserves it exactly thank y'all for coming out thank you to all my people that came through to support juliet you are thank you for coming through and thank you for all the all the comments you shared in the chat you guys um and again we'll just keep you guys posted as we get information we'll pass it on shout out to the tsf entertainment our other hosts uh they were in yeah. the chat tonight so appreciate y'all coming through and supporting yeah and um we'll see you guys next time thank y'all for tuning in all, all right. right so uh cp where can we find you at really big tv on youtube um right there spelled like just like that um, you can find me on Instagram at reallybtv underscore on YouTube. Listen, make sure if there's anybody that's in the chat, make sure you guys catch me tomorrow. Uh, we'll be talking on Kamisha Reviews. She was in the chat a few minutes ago. We'll be over on her channel talking about this new season of Ready to Love. So that's where I'll be this weekend. All right. You can also find me on Retro CG on Instagram. You can also follow us on YouTube at the Soul for Our Music Group aka tsf entertainment and um shout out to all the tsf um fans and members and friends that came through and support tonight really be tv you got some great subscribers shout out to ebby reviews thank you for coming in and hanging out with us tonight and um we'll see you guys next time This program is brought to you by TSF Entertainment Podcast.